All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What is happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Today on the show, I talked to Tom Calicchio, the Top Chef guy. You know him, the chef guy the, from Top Chef. I think we just wanted to chat. I, I like chefs. I haven't talked to a chef in a while. I In another life, I wanted to be a chef. I, 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 I believe I could do it. But anyways, there's a couple things I want to tell you about, if I could, because I have the, uh, the platform here to do it. If you want to come out and see me and Brendan McDonald as we are as we are out and about with the new book, Waiting for the Punch, we have events in New York and San Francisco uh, so far up to this point. That's where we got. In New York City, we'll be at the Union Square, Barnes & Noble on Tuesday, October 10th at 7 p.m. Uh, you don't need tickets for that. In San Francisco, we'll be at the Alamo Draft House on Friday, October 13th as part of Litquake. You do need tickets for that one. Go to litquake.org to get them. And if you want to win a king-size Casper mattress or get a brand new luggage set from Away or get some signed posters from me, pre-order Waiting for the Punch and then upload your proof of purchase to enter our sweepstakes. Go to markmarinbook.com to pre-order now. All right? You want to do that? Can you do it? So I got... Oh, You know what? I wanted to bring this up because, um, you know, Pete Davidson was on the show on Monday, and it was an amazing conversation. It was a very candid conversation, a very forthright conversation about uh, mental health, his mental health issues, mine to a lesser degree. We talked about his borderline personality disorder. Uh, and, and here's the fucking fucked up thing about our culture is that the interview got turned into a lot of clickbait by all the usual places, all the garbage outlets, you know, the, the portals of uh, psychic garbage that we are allowed into our fucking brains through our eye holes. And, the, you know, the, the headlines were almost all sensationalistic, making it sound like he was in a crisis or something. And it, it just it wasn't the case. He was having an honest, respectful conversation with me about mental health, which is something people in this country are hesitant to do because the shitty tabloid culture stigmatizes it and makes it seem wrong. It's just a shame that people would take it out of that context and sensationalize it. You know, that, that, that it was just an honest conversation. And it's just, it's just, fuck it, man. It's the opposite of helpful. It makes people less likely to get help, less likely to feel like they are okay. It's just, it's just fucking irresponsible. And I just wanted to put that out there because Pete did a brave thing and uh, he's a good kid, that Pete. And he's, he's doing all right. That's what I. That's what I got to say. All right, people got to talk about mental health. You keep hiding shit. Everything's just been. Then everything is a lie. All the entire cultural dialogue is a big lie, and everyone's afraid to talk because they're going to be exploited or bullied or ripped apart or ostracized. Man, are we going to make this experiment work? Can we be a fucking community? of humans in this country is it possible all odds are against us right now but i got some feedback on um the size uh, of my new feral friendly feral stray cats uh face i told you about big head i told you about that you know he has this huge 
head, but he also has this huge set of balls which needs to be taken care of, and I guess that's on me. I don't know if he's domesticated, but he's pleasant sometimes. He's an odd cat. He looks like uh, like he's got this big old head and these big old balls, and you know, and his body looks like a bicep. Like he's just this little monster. And I like him all right, but he's a little erratic. You can touch him, you can pet him, but sometimes when you're petting him, he hisses. Like he, he you don't know if he's hissing in pleasure. Generally, with a cat, it's not pleasure. And he he attacked me the other day, and I I don't I went out. He, my, my, you know, Sarah the painter, my, uh, my girlfriend, thinks it had something to do with my balls. Because I went out there naked to feed him, which I do sometimes in the morning out back. No one can see me. I'll go out naked and put the food down. And that little fucker big head attacked my leg and bit my leg. He bit my fucking leg out of nowhere. As I was walking away, after I picked up the bowl to fill it with food, he attacked, he bit my leg. And, um... Sarah's like, well, that's because, you know, he saw your balls and, you know, he saw you as a threat, you know, of his uh, territorial threat. Like we had a little cockfight. I had a cockfight with the cat and uh, I didn't uh, I did I did not attack him back. I let him win that one. But to the question about the connection between balls and head, I got a few emails sort of putting it together. Um, but this was the first one from Allison. Subject line, cat balls. I was listening to today's podcast and I had to stop what I was doing. Juicing prickly pears. There's magenta shit all over my kitchen. To answer your inquiry about the relationship between cat cheeks and testicles, I'm a vet who works at an animal shelter, so I have the pleasure of working with a variety of cat testicles of all shapes and sizes. The answer is that Sarah the painter is right, of course, in parentheses. Cheek slash jowl size is a testosterone-dependent trait in male cats. Cats who are neutered before one to two years of age will never develop jowls. And if they are neutered later in life, the jowls will stay, but will get saggier once the testosterone disappears. Isn't that the way with everything, though? Anyway, basically, there's a direct relationship between the size of a cat's balls and the size of its cheeks. Get that majestic beast neutered. Thank you for everything you do for your outdoor colony. Keep telling cat stories. Boomer and deaf black cat for E forever. Got it. I just had to figure that out in real time for E forever for E is forever. Well, thank you, Allison, for clearing that up. Now we know why I have jowls. It's because of my balls. Oh, wait. No, I meant the cat. I meant that's why the cat had jowls. There's another email here that I'd like to read you because I think it's encouraging and important and I believe it's real. Sometimes I get emails that are not real. They're just people fucking with me. But this one sounded real and uh, it sounded, um, I don't know, it was encouraging. I, I don't think it's going to take the country by storm, but it'd be nice if it would. Uh, this is... Uh, from William, Bill, subject line, I'm sorry, I've made a huge mistake. Hey, Mark, I just watched Too Real on Netflix. That's my special, by the way, which you can watch on Netflix. I must admit, this is the first time I've ever watched a comedy special. Great job. It was very funny. I guess I owe you and the country an apology. So here it goes. I'm sorry. I voted for Trump. I'd take it back if I could. As Gob from Arrested Development frequently says, I've made a huge mistake. 
I'm 44 years old and I was a conservative talk radio Fox News junkie since high school. After 25 plus years of living in the echo chamber, I've finally broken free. The Donald has managed to do what no one and nothing else has been able to do. I'm off of conservative talk radio and off of Fox News. Just couldn't listen to one more sycophantic broadcast praising and or excusing inexcusable positions, policies, and tweets. I've been amazed at how much more open and receptive to new views and opinions I've become since stepping back from the spin machine. I'm not ready to vote a straight Democratic ticket, but I no longer dismiss news and views from the other side. Your WTF podcast has been an important part of this transition for me. It's been super healthy to get new views from someone I enjoy listening to. My brother-in-law introduced me to your podcast this past spring. A couple of highlights for me have been the Al Franken interview and the President Obama interview. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Bill. See, that's basic logic without even being political is that when you... See people that you've grown to trust, support behavior and ideas and actions that are heinous. You have to question the whole goddamn operation, don't you? Well, Bill, I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, you sending that, and I, and I believe you. And, and, I, and I have to assume that others are, are somewhat sensing that. Uh, it's a real shit show. It's a real history-changing brain-bending, completely terrifying shit show, a fucking circus of corruption and greed and racism and violence. Hey, but cooking's great. I love to cook. I want to get better at cooking. Occasionally, I'll have a chef in here, get some tips, but you know, you can go look that stuff up. I love to cook because it takes me out of me. And like sometimes when I, when I have time off, like I've had over the summer, I'll spend a lot of time doing food prep, doing cooking, making things I enjoy. Uh, I'll spend hours and hours making, you know, beautiful food that I like to eat. That's healthy hours and hours of prep days of working on the food. And I will eat it in minutes in fucking minutes. And I cannot seem to not do that. Oh, did I mention today is my birthday, which will be yesterday when you hear this? I recorded this Wednesday, and if you're listening to it Thursday, I will be uh, I will have turned 54 already. I'm 54 years old. I woke up 54 this morning, and um, I feel all right. I feel okay. I don't make a big deal out of it. I'm going to dinner with Sarah the Painter. Got some nice calls. Appreciate all the well-wishers on Twitter and email. Thank you. I made it another year. I've, I've had... Uh, 54 in a row now with no breaks got close to taking a break but i I stayed uh i kept uh i kept at it i kept at this life thing so look let's listen to me and tom calicchio the top chef guy he's a jersey guy and as you know i'm genetically jersey so this is me and tom talking All right, you just walked in. You're talking about a restaurant down, where is it? Neckle Park? Uh, no, Silver Lake. Silver Squirrel. Lake, yeah, yeah, Squirrel, yeah. I've been there, I think, once. I don't I don't, I, I don't know. I, but I have to assume that when you walk into a restaurant, they're like, holy shit, 
Tom's here. Is it? Is how do you pronounce your last name? Colicchio. Colicchio. Yeah. Tom Colicchio just walked in. So there's panic in the kitchen. No, no. So, so last night we did a, a 10th anniversary party at Kraft, my restaurant here in Los Angeles. I've been there. And Jessica Caslow, who owns and is a chef at, at Squirrel, um, she cooked with me last night. Um, Johnny and Vinny uh, as well, and Ludo and you're uh, dropping names. Johnny and Vinny, yeah, they're your guys over yeah, there. No, no, the guys that own uh, Animal. Okay. Here oh, in town. I, I've been there. Yeah, and so uh, so Je- you know Jessica knew I was coming, and so yeah, but oh, that do- that does happen, I guess. <laughs> you don't <laughs> you never drop in just to drop in. I, like I, you- I do a lot of times. I don't want to be known. I just kind of drop in, you know. That's just kind of try be. to sneak in and just have have it because you know the problem is we 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 chefs we go into each other's restaurants and yeah. we we get what we call food fucked yeah you know you, you just too much food starts coming out and you feel obliged <laughs> that you have to eat it all and before you know it, you're rolling out of there you know ten pounds heavier than when you walked in you feel like shit it, it is a little it's it, you just that's happened to me and I'm not a chef right 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 if I go to like I I like Alex Gernicelli right yeah, so sure. I go to a restaurant and she'll know I'm coming and then yeah. they start you know doing chefs yeah, yeah. table kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god! And before you know it, you're just like nine desserts. I'm ill. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, were they trying to kill me? Is you trying? Well, I imagine with you, it's like I know what's happening. They're trying to kill me. They're, They're trying, trying to kill get, me. Exactly. Get me yeah. out of the way. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, oh, so what's her name over there at Squirrel? Uh, Jessica Kozlo. Now, what makes her like? I'm just curious because like I can cook, but I'm not a chef. And I'd, I'd like to be, but I, I didn't go yeah. that way. Usually, I hear, usually after that you get. Well, you know, I'm not a chef, but I have a walk. Yeah. And- <laughs> I don't. Know. I, do, I I don't. I have a wok pan. Right, right. Yeah, and because it's easy to saute, and not because I wok cook. Uh-huh. But like when you say, what, like, what is what makes her stylistically interesting? You know, I, I, as she, a chef, she's she's doing food that I think at least that I want to eat now. Um, it, you know, there's a certain freshness to it, uh, yeah. a certain immediacy to it, um, it, and it's just it's just damn delicious. Yeah, I mean, she does this this rice. Um, salad with this egg on this crispy rice salad with yeah. the egg on it for breakfast, and it's just I can eat it every day of the week. Oh, uh, that sounds delicious. good. Yeah, but now that is that's not something you would think of. No, no, <laughs> it's not. It's not the kind of food that I cook. Yeah, and that's probably why I like it. She did this thing last night that was so cool. Um, she did cabbage. Yeah, right. And uh, braised cabbage, and in, 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 so it was kind of seared a little bit, and, and a big wedge of cabbage. Braised and then in what? She, well, she basted it, so she seared it first in a lot of butter, and yeah. then started basting it in sauerkraut juice. Huh. And then took dehydrated sauerkraut juice and used it as a garnish, and then some chive blossoms, uh, you know, garlic chive blossoms, and huh. and 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 uh, fried preserved lemons. It was just just absolutely delicious. Now, when you, like just saying that, like you know, I understand the logic of it and the aesthetic of it, and that it's like a mildly crowded cabbage, braised cabbage <laughs> with lemon and whatever. <laughs> but do you just marvel at the ingenuity of that? No, actually, the simplicity of it. This is, you know, in, when you get down to it, it's a, it's a wedge of braised cabbage. Right. But it's just, it's, it's not about how, it's always about what. Uh-huh. You know, or not about what, it's about how. Yeah. It's not that you braised cabbage. How did you braise it? Right. What did, what did, you, what did you do there? You did something a little different. But it seems like creative. Like, it oh. seems like outside the box. I mean, dehydrated of, sauerkraut cheese. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's absolutely <laughs> creative and, yeah. but, and out of the box, but at the same time, simple. really simple, simple and basic, too. Now, where'd you grow up? New Jersey. Where? where? Elizabeth. Yeah, it's, my grandfather is from Elizabeth. My uncle said everybody's from Elizabeth. <laughs> if you search back and you go back, someone, someone in your family's from Elizabeth. Why is that? I don't know. Did they did they all come in that way? Yeah, I think I think you know from Ellis Island. You if you went left 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 on the yeah. river, you went to New York, and you take a right, you went to New Jersey. And you're right yeah. there. You're yeah. you're at Elizabeth. Yeah. But it's is it? It wasn't a nice. How old are you? Uh, Fifty five. You have still. family there still? Uh, no, I th- I think I have one cousin left. Uh huh. Yeah. And but what was it like there when you grew up? What what was the business? 
Yeah, my father was was he, well. He had a barber shop when we were young, and then he in the house. Yeah, no, no, not in the house. No, uh-huh. he had a shop, and then I I think um, I think he lost it um, paying a gambling debt. I think. <laughs> Some, some, <laughs> something something they didn't talk about some some gangster got the shop uh, yeah I, I don't know something like that but <laughs> yeah. anyways he he was a correction officer in a county jail oh really yeah that's heavy yeah coming home from yeah. that he went from barber to <laughs> corrections officer yeah exactly in the county jail yeah i think it was one of those things where he was still young and it was 20 and out and you know, oh yeah, yeah 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 and then he did that his whole life he he did and, and he actually passed away before he retired he was 52 when he when he passed away so it was you know, 20 oh my years god ago. yeah he was young How, of what lung cancer Oh, smoked? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. A lot. Yeah. It, you just grow up with that, I guess. You know, that's the world that, that, that you lived in then. Yeah, yeah. He started smoking when he was a teenager, probably, and he was, smoke, he was good for a good two to three packs a day. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever do it? I did. I, 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 you know, it's funny. My first trip to Los Angeles, I, I, I wasn't crazy about it, but I was 24 years old, and the only good thing that came out of it is I never smoked a cigarette again after that trip. Oh, really? I was 24 years old. And you'd been smoking? I'd been smoking, yeah. probably a good pack a day. Yeah. And... I was here, I was working just for a couple of weeks, and I was staying in a, in a motel somewhere, and I had to walk up two flights of stairs, and I was out of breath. I was 24, and I was like, fuck this. Oh, really? I got to stop this. I never smoked a cigarette again. It scared yeah. you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what, what do you mean just out here working for a couple of weeks? You, I, I was, you weren't a chef then? Yeah, I, I'm, I was, I was, a, I was a sous chef sous chef in a restaurant in New York called Quilted Giraffe, and we yeah. had three uh, three weeks off in August. Yeah. And so I asked the chef there that I was working for to you know get me out to Los Angeles to eat, you know cook, and, and so he, he sent me out here to, to work at a restaurant called Rex and yeah. uh big old italian restaurant and I, I spent about a week in the kitchen and said i gotta get out of here and, that was and, it. and so I, I took whatever money i had and ate around and then well, i told it back home so like when you grew up how many siblings you have two i have an older brother and a younger brother okay so there's three you're italian full yeah. full on yeah. your mom is what does she do uh my mom uh you know she just took care of us when we were young and then she um you know, in the first job she had at the house, she worked at like a, a, a photo uh, store or something like that. You know, processing, helping process film. But then she 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 started working in a school cafeteria. She managed the school cafeteria. So this is straight up working class yeah. Uh, yeah. family. Yeah, I, mean, I, shared, I shared a bedroom with my two brothers <laughs> for for all for the whole time. Oh yeah, until until I left when I was eighteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, what what is? Because like, I was talking to Frank about it. Frank's an Italian kid from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. My part my part time assistant guy. And it seems to me that there was a time where you could go like anywhere in New Jersey and Philadelphia and in that area where you can find a, a pretty good Italian restaurant almost every other block. You're, you're a Jersey guy, right? Where? Well, I mean, my, my mother's Pompton Lakes, my father's Jersey City, but oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't grow up there. Got it. You know, I, we were out by the time Got I was six, it. but Got yeah, genetically I'm Jersey. Right. So no, there's a, in, in our town, there was an Italian restaurant that was there forever called Spiritos. Yeah. And that's where we would go. My father would take us there on Fridays. Yeah. Um, he would play softball and then we'd go there. And, and they had, you know, decent pizza. They had great veal cutlet and ravioli. Yeah. It wasn't veal cutlet parmigiano. It was just fried veal cutlet with sauce and then ravioli on the side. Yeah. And that's what we ate. We had an Italian salad. And if they felt like splurging, we would get the imported provolone cheese, not, oh, yeah. the, not the domestic stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it was good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the restaurant's still there. It's still there. It's still there, yeah. Now, what make like what is the difference? Like, because I, I, like, what do you think? Okay, let's talk Italian food here now. Uh, we, yeah, I, I don't, I don't go to too many restaurants here, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't, I don't know restaurants here that well. No, I don't either, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that we don't have top notch Italian here. What, well, Angelini's uh, Osteria is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess Mario's place is Maza, good. Moza, you know. But I, I mean, I only yeah. ate there once. Right. 
But uh, but like there's no like I, the old school like Dan Dan Dantana and places like right. that. Yeah, yeah I guess that's just, right. Yeah, it's kind of old school Italian. But. Yeah, but I don't know if there was a huge Italian contingent right. here like there was. Like they were all in Jersey and Philly. Well, they were in San Francisco. Yeah, they're all up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So that's where the Italian is. Yeah, I, I go think up so. There? I think so. There, listen, I'm sure there's a million people <laughs> now that are going to be like jumping down my throat going, "What do you mean? <laughs> How do you not eat there? <laughs> we're good Italian restaurants. We're great Italian restaurants here. That's probably um, true. Yeah, there are. I just I just don't know them. So how do you go, what what drives you to, to, to cook? Did you love it when you were a kid? I mean, I was- uh, Do you have a knack for it yeah, when you Yeah, I did actually. I was, I was about 13, 12 or 13, and I started cooking and doing simple stuff. Like I watched my mom, my mom make pancakes and said, well, that's pretty, pretty damn easy to do. I think I can handle that. It's kind of fun though. It's yeah, immediate kind of- and, and then I was, um, God, about, about the best job I ever had. I was 13 years old, and we belonged to a, a swim club, an Italian-American swim club in Clark, New Jersey, called the Grand Centurions. Yeah. And they had a, a snack bar type thing. Yeah. And the guy hired me there to scoop ice cream and run the cash register. And within a week, I was cooking. Doing, like, grilled cheese and burgers and steak sure. sandwiches and yeah. sauce, stuff like that. And I just loved it. This guy was paying me $275 a week under the table, and I work in a pair of flip-flops, maybe, you know, shorts and a flip-flops, maybe, maybe a shirt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. And I just because you're just, on the grill, yeah. I just loved it, it was, and so I found I was, I was it was easy. It's engaging though. It was very easy. I, I understood it, and yeah. and you know I had a problem with like dealing with recipes, looking at recipes, and trying to figure out recipes. I yeah. most likely would have been diagnosed with with ADD, and, yeah. And I would kind of just stumble upon them, and then I, I got this book. I, I think I was about 15, and my dad came home. And he said he got it in the library, so I'm not sure what the, what the hell this book was doing in the jail's library. Yeah. But it was called it was Jacques Pepin, yeah. and it's a book called La Technique. Yeah. And he just talked about how cooking isn't about recipes; it's about techniques. Yeah. And once you learn techniques, you can throw the recipe book out and just do whatever you want. Is that true? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It freed me up completely. Listen, it's like it's like playing guitar, right? Yeah. Before you get creative on a guitar, you have yeah. to know the basics, right. right? Yeah, yeah. And then once you understand how to, you know, if, if you can get one one, uh, you know. Uh, uh, a pattern down yeah. for uh, well, you learn a couple of scales. You can scales, kinda, yeah. You once can, once you get it, you know, if you can play a pentatonic scale, I mean, you can do a lot. Sure, right? that, that's exactly yeah. right. But like, so okay, so what are so you're 15 and you read that book? Yep. And what are the basics? Well, the basics were you know, I never know how, how do you, guys, how do you cook a green vegetable? It's the same no matter what green vegetable it is. How do you make a good stock? How do you make a you know uh, a couple of mother sauces and then you can go from there? Yeah. You know how do you butcher a few things? Yeah. And, and you know you get some basics and then you can kind of do whatever you want. How do you cook a green vegetable? You yeah. blanch it. Well, yeah, exactly. In boiling water, you don't yeah. cover the pot. You make yeah. sure it's salted. Yeah. You know, those, those are basics. Keep it quick, and yeah. then you can saute after that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. And so one and then and do you blanch broccoli, Rob? Uh, yes and no. It all depends. Uh-huh. Uh, depends on what I'm doing with it. Okay. Um, but uh, it depends. Do I want that roasted flavor, or do I want like a fresh green flavor? Right. So, okay. So, right. So if you right. if you're roasting it, you just roast it. If I'm roasting it straight up. I'll roast it, but then I'll, I'll be getting a different flavor. Okay. But that's you know that's exactly right. So how do you treat each thing, and what <laughs> what what's the effect that you're looking for? I just want to throw a very specific yeah. question. Yeah. There. And so it's you know I and I just I just found that cooking was easy. It came easy, and I enjoyed it. And my dad, I guess, suggested, and wasn't I listened to him that often, but he suggested I become a chef, and I was like. All right, sounds cool. If he's into it, yeah. yeah if I got his support, but like, but you know, because like I cooked, uh, I did some grill cooking when I was younger. I did. I was not good at it, and I couldn't handle 
Like I fucked up a few times in restaurants, but I liked the excitement of it. Yeah, oh, I did too. Like you got all those dupes up, and <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah. sweaty, and you're like, there's oh, nothing like it, man. When it's busy, <laughs> you're walking to a busy kitchen. I have a, I have a steakhouse in Vegas, and I walk in there. It's it's a busy, busy place, and I walk in and just kind of, all right, guys, keep doing what you're doing because I can't figure it out. It's like <laughs> really, oh, you know, it's insane. Yeah, there's just what is it got a big line? Like it's, there's it's, a line in back. Well, you got two. We have we have side by side. Yeah, and there's just so you know there's just. A pile of meat cooking at any time. It's it's great. It's awesome to see. Wait, which restaurant's that? It's it's called Craft Steak. Craft Steak and yeah, oh, and, and what MGM, is it? Vegas. Which hotel? The MGM. Oh yeah. Yeah. But okay, so what do you? So you got the knack. You got the basics from Jacques Pepin. Is that right. how you say his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go to school? No, I plan on going to culinary school. And at the time, you had you had to work in two restaurants before they'd accept you. And so, you know, I fill out the application and the whole bit, and I started for which one? Culinary Institute of America. Yeah. And then I started working around and. I think this is my fourth restaurant job. I, I finally decided to to take a shot at, at cooking in New York. Yeah, and I was at the Quilted Giraffe, which was a four star restaurant, one of the, considered one of the best in in New York. Maybe the in Quilted States, Giraffe. The Quilted Giraffe. Yeah. yeah, and within four months, I was a sous chef there. And at that so, point, I was like, I'm like, so you just get a gig as you get the job as a what? Well, my first my first serious restaurant job was at a restaurant in Elizabeth called Evelyn's. It was a seafood restaurant. We would do a thousand covers on a Saturday night. It was yeah. just insane. And but it also you know fresh fish. Well, kind of, <laughs> um, and, and it, it, but it also opened me up to the restaurant world. You know, I was a seventeen-year-old kid, and oh, yeah. there was a lot of like, the restaurant you know, older, old, older waitresses around. Sure, <laughs> they were older, like twenty-three, twenty-four, yeah. going to college. Yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of I had a lot of fun, and, and just that kitchen too, right? There was nothing like it. I mean, it's just when I used to tell a story about that when you've just gotten through a lunch rush or a dinner rush, and you're out back just covered in grease, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that right? was it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we we and you know I was going to the I mean at, at, then the drinking age was eighteen right so uh, you know you'd go out with your friends after work and just you know, yeah you know just get, get wasted totally inebriated yeah and manage to wake up break into the restaurant to eat yes <laughs> there's stuff like yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah you've been there huh yeah and so but anyway that was, so that was the first job and then from there I I, I moved to. And I worked in, uh, you know, uh, on the line. I worked in the bakery. I worked in the prep prep kitchen. So you understood it, yeah. All. And then I ended up going to a red sauce Italian restaurant in Union, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And then from there, went to a hotel to try that out. Red sauce Italian restaurant. What, what is it? Is that a, that's a way of uh, that's a certain type of Italian. Well, yeah, it's the red sauce. Red Italian, sauce not, that, not that northern Italian right, stuff. Right, not the yeah, whiter sauces. Yeah, no, our, our, or just know, oils and yeah. fish. We didn't do what? we didn't do a risotto. Or anything yeah, yeah, like that. Right, yeah, yeah. It was uh, veal parmesan, chicken parmesan. You there know, you go. That Spaghetti kind of stuff. meatballs. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. set. Francesi. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then from there, I went to a hotel and. God, this, I was there for a couple of weeks and they made me the night chef. So I was in charge of the kitchen at night and I was so over my head. At a hotel? Yeah. And I would go and look at books and do in the dishes. City? No, this was in Secaucus, New Jersey. Oh, Secaucus. Yeah. 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 My, we used to drive by that. My grandmother used to say that it was all pigs. There used to be. Yeah. Pigs. I mean, you know, back then the Meadowlands used, used to go by the Meadowlands and see pheasants, you know, back in there. Yeah, it was like just swamplands yeah. and it stunk. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. a smell to it. Well, it was, you know, all the sulfur coming out of the ground. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was natural? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> it was Jimmy Hoffa decomposing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Jimmy Hoffa. told us. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then, then I, I, I worked in a, in a, in a decent restaurant. I'm um, doing new American cuisine. Well, wait, tell me what happened when you were over over your head. So oh, you're working. Well, you no, know, I, I would work on I would work on these dishes and just kind of nothing. I mean, they all loved it. But to me, I look at it and go, "It's not. This isn't right." Something's, you had to make the menu. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I, I was, well, I, 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 I was in charge of the specials. So I would come up with two, you know, two or three specials yeah. a, a, a week or whatever. And, and, and all along the way, you're picking up skills. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, learning yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You can make you can make right. a good meatball. Right. Right. Yeah, I could do that. When, <laughs> that, that. My mother taught me to do that when I was yeah. a kid. So anyway, but but then I ended up going to this restaurant called Evelyn's. I'm not Evelyn's. Um, Forty Main Street, and it was a good restaurant. Where's that? Actually, this was in Montclair. I'm sorry, uh, Milburn, New Jersey, Short yeah. Hills, Milburn, and um, I was uh, a cook there. And then and that did really well there. I mean, it was a good restaurant. We got three star New York Times review, the whole bit. Italian? Uh, no, no, it was like New American. Oh you yeah. Know? And we changed the menu every day, and so we all sat together and just kind of contributed to the menu, and it was a blast. And then I left to go to New York at the Quilted Giraffe, and then went back to Forty Main as a chef. Oh, that was my first chef's job. Yeah. So you now tell me how how what are the ranks? Because like uh, you know, what does a sous chef do exactly? Well, this is the way I put it. You know, there was you know people always ask, "Are you still cook in the kitchen?" No, cooks cook in the kitchen. Sous chefs cook a little less. <laughs> chefs cook, cook. We really don't cook, but it's our recipes, it's our style of cooking. But, our, but so manage, it's our management style the whole bit. So you you give up the addiction? No, no, no. It's still there. But here, so if you go to see a classical piece of music, right? Yeah. You go to see an orchestra play. You know, who gets top billing? The conductor, right? Yeah. You know, you're playing a piece of music that was probably written, you know, a couple hundred years ago, right? Um. You don't expect that 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 the yeah, conductor to jump in the pit and pick up a you know the oboe and start playing or something. Sure. No, it would be just chaos. I don't even know if he knows how though. They they may they probably they probably can play instruments. I I'm sure you can play piano or I something. I don't know yeah. if that's true. I, I, probably they probably can, but we don't know that. But but <laughs> with the chef, you know, you're in the kitchen expediting. Yeah, you're you know coordinating everything. If you have to go back there and jump behind the line and start cooking, everything comes to a screeching halt. So you want the chef out there, you know, at least coordinating things to managing everything yeah, yeah yeah but but that so that's the big payoff is you get to not be dirty anymore yeah you, exactly exactly yeah you don't you don't it was the muddy the Monty python uh how do you know he's the king he's the only one ain't got <laughs> no shit on him because <laughs> i went over like years ago like i've only i've interviewed like i guess you're the third or fourth chef really it depends whether you consider bourdain a chef so so i talked talk, <laughs> I don't know if he does. Really. No, he probably doesn't. I don't not think not he, anymore anyway. He no. used to be. Well, he, said, well he, he claimed that he was sort of a shitty chef. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I've talked to Scott and uh, uh, Alex, mm -hmm. and I went to Scott's restaurant, and he cooked his like the famous uh, spaghetti for right. me. It's, right. it's butter. It's butter. It's what the difference is. Right. That's the magic. A little butter and tomato. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, though, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's good. I mean, again, simple. How simple is that? It's right? so simple. It's, it's maddening. It's all about timing, though. Because you eat at the restaurant, you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is insane." But that's all timing. What do you it's, mean? It's, it's it's when do you put the butter in? You know, when do you know once that once that that pasta is cooked yeah. and you mix it and you put it in with the sauce and you're finishing it with the sauce? Yeah. It's just the timing of getting it all right. Where right? It's just the consistency of the sauce because the starches of the pasta really play into that as well. Yeah. Because you use some of that pasta water. Right. That has to go in there. And yeah. so a combination of the tomatoes, the pasta water, fresh herb, yeah. and a little bit of butter and some olive oil. And there's a, a certain moment where it all just comes together and yeah. they have to eat it at that point. You got to eat that yeah. right then. Yeah. doesn't yeah. keep. No, 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 no. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hold very well. So do you do that though? Like when you know you go to someone else's restaurant and you're like, how the fuck did he make that? There are times, yeah. There, so there was a, a, a great chef who, um, you know, his name was Pierre Gagnier. He's, he's still, um, he had a restaurant in, in a little town uh, near Lyon called Saint Etienne, and I would go Where? there. Saint Etienne. It was in in, in France. Okay. And so I and I used to go there, and this guy was one of the you know one of the early guys where I'd look at and go, how the hell did he do this? Really? And then I'd go and try to reverse engineer yeah. and figure it out. Um, but uh, was it simple? 
No, <laughs> no. A lot of it. A lot of it was. It was so you know. I French remember, is complicated though. Right? I remember looking at this one. Yeah, but this was kind of avant-garde stuff. I remember yeah. looking at this one dish, and it was a lemon consomme, and uh, but you know, and looking at it and saying, well, this is interesting because lemon's not clear. Lemon juice isn't clear. Yeah. Right. But yeah. this is crystal clear. Huh. So how do how do you do it? Yeah. And so I figured out, well, you clarify consomme with egg whites. So right. I, can you clarify lemon juice with egg whites? The answer is yes. Oh, you can? And so, yeah, I, I'm assuming that's how he did it. That's how I ended up doing it. It's egg um, whites or egg shells? Egg whites. Well, you could put shells and stuff in, but you know, it, just the proteins from the whites uh, you know, collect well, all, the, all the fat and we, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that's how you... Yeah. And, and so, yeah, and so it worked. And yeah. so, but he was, he was fantastic. Still is a fantastic chef. Yeah. So, all right. So you, you teach yourself. You end up at the quilted giraffe. Yeah. And uh, then you're back at the other place, yeah, uh, where you do your first head chef job. Yep, yep. And as a sous chef, you, you're working alongside the chef to sort of execute the shit. You're still cooking. Yeah, yeah. Sous means under, so it's just an under chef. Um, so you're sort of in charge of the kitchen, still getting dirty. Yeah, you're still getting dirty. Um, and a cook's a cook. Cook's a cook. You tell him what to do, and he should know. He all he knows, all he needs to know is technique. No, a cook, uh, no, a cook is you, you. You tell them what to do, but they always know better, and so <laughs> they want to do it their way until one day you scream at them enough, and they finally you know realize that. And then they quit and yeah. become a chef. <laughs> well, you, something like that. So I opened up a restaurant uh, a couple months back. And you know my whole thing is like I yeah. think I think cooks often the, the heat's too high, the pans are too hot, and you got to like slow down. You don't need to cook on high heat, but everybody's trying to cook on high heat because they think that's going to cook the food faster and they got to get the food out. And so after you know day after day saying lower the flames, lower your oven, doesn't need to be on five hundred degrees. And I went and <laughs> I pulled a plate out of the oven and burnt the hell out of my hands. Was, uh. I just had a fit, started screaming. So the next day, all of a sudden, I noticed the flames were all down, the ovens were all down, and. A couple of days later, the, the, the cook, the young woman, she came next to me. She goes, you know, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Your goes, it really doesn't make a difference. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So when do you really start to come into your own as a chef? So it's not out in no, Jersey. No, it wasn't. Um, uh, so I, I left that restaurant. What was and it called again? It was called 40 Main Street. And that was in Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And so I left that restaurant and um, I was actually a co-chef with a, a buddy of mine named Jerry Bryan who was from Virginia Beach. And he ended up going back to Virginia Beach to open a restaurant. And he opened a restaurant in Portsmouth, which yeah. was near Norfolk. And uh, I was kind of between jobs. It was right after you know the holidays. And he called me up. He said, I need help. Can you come down here? So I figured I'd go down there for a couple of weeks and help out. Yeah. I ended up staying and, for seven months. Really? <laughs> Right, right. In, in Virginia Beach? Yeah, and just helped him out. I had a great place on the beach that one of the one of the guys that owned the restaurant- but you didn't have a family yet. No, no, Nothing. no. I was 25. Yeah. One of the guys who owned it had a condo on the beach. He gave me that to live in. It was a blast. I had yeah. a good time. And so then there was a guy who I knew in New Jersey. His name was Dennis Foy. And he had a restaurant in Chatham, New Jersey called the Tarragon Tree. And he was opening a restaurant in New York. And I was in New York at a party for a mutual friend. And the guy took Dennis aside and said, this is the guy you should have to run your kitchen in New York. Point, uh, and you. pointed at me. Yeah. And so he called me up, asked me to come. And, and at the time, I was ready to go to, to France. And I had six months set up in two different restaurants in France. To learn? Just, yeah. Just to, just yeah. to go and stop. We call it stage. You go there in three months in one restaurant, three in the other restaurant. And so I, I said no. And right after that, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer. And we knew that he only had about three months to live. And so I decided to stay close to home, not go to France. I took the job. My dad passed away, so I was out of the restaurant for about a month. Yeah. And I came back, 
and started working there, and I, I, I didn't care for it at all. I didn't like what he was doing. What was the restaurant? It was it was called Mondrian. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what do you mean? Why didn't you like it? I, I didn't like his. I didn't like what he was doing. He's a good good chef. Yeah. But I just this, this his style of managing the restaurant wasn't oh, wasn't for me. Wasn't the ex military food. guy. Wasn't my thing. Right. And so, um, I I left and I, I ended up going to France. Yeah. And I got a call from the owner of the restaurant saying, you know, come back. We want to talk to you. <laughs> So, long story short, I took over uh, the chef's role in the restaurant and started doing my own thing. And within, I think, three or four months, I got a three-star review from the New York Times. And that At kind the Mondrian. Yeah, and that put me on the map. And and three stars the highest? No, four is. But three three at the time was, it was tough. Tough so to th- get three. So, that's what you're gunning for as a chef. Uh, th- you know, three, yeah, four, you, it's got to get, you got to be a lot fancier and, you know. Like Danielle. It wasn't, yeah, yeah, it wasn't something that I was, I, 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 listen, I was a 26-year-old kid from New Jersey. I didn't know three from four. Three would have been great. Two would have been good too. <laughs> I got three stars and that just, that just put me on the map. But that's so, it's interesting because that world, it's an insulated world on some level, mm-hmm. the food world, right? right? And back then even more so. Right. You know, pre-internet and. Yeah. yeah so it was like, you know, it, it was like a play opening. Right. You know, who's this kid? Right. Colicchio. Right. Well, right. He's got the touch. Right. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you stand up. You know, there's the young guys out there and someone's going to, you know, you're going to hear about someone next year they never heard about before. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the funny thing about stand up and not unlike chefs is that, you know, over time they end up doing the same shit over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Well, we do the same thing. <laughs> I know. I carry the same recipes around. I've carried around for, you know, 30 years. You do have 30 year old recipes? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Do you, yeah. I, okay. All right. So so now you're a three star chef in uh, in New York City. And now, is there a scene? Do you guys know each other? Like, did you know Burdain? Well, no, I know. I didn't. I didn't know Anthony. I knew. I knew the restaurant that he was working. I didn't know Anthony at all. But this was, you know, just just going back. Um, this is 1992, I think. Yeah. Um, and what I noticed is all all the chefs that I knew and admired started coming to the restaurant. Like, like your restaurant, like Daniel Ballou and, oh, yeah. and Jonathan. Remember Jonathan Waxman coming in. Um, just the other chef, Gerard Pango, was a French chef in town. All these chefs started coming in to see what I was doing, which was really cool. And what were you doing? I was doing my own thing. Which was what? You know, it's hard to, hard to explain. I was using the green market, you know, so it was kind of farm to table before there was even a notion of farm Union to table. Union Square? Yeah, I was going down there and, and filling up a truck full of food, you know, three times a week. I would hit the fish markets and- you On know, your own, you were on doing- On my own, yeah. And, and um, so I was doing this real sort of produce forward food. So on Sunday- You'd go down to the Union Square Market? No, Saturday. We'd go Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Okay. Um, and then I start working with farmers that would bring food to me directly. And you and had fish guys down at where? Uh, yeah, at Fulton, Fulton Fish Market. Fish? Yep, yep. And- um, That's a lot of schlepping. Yeah, it was, but it was it was worth it, you know? And so I I, I was doing my own thing. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of the early reviews were saying just that. It was a new kind of food. I wasn't following anybody, you know? And right now I think that's the problem with- the internet is that you don't have to travel to see someone's food anymore. You can just kind of make a few clicks and try to understand what someone's doing. So trends, you know, fly around very quickly. Yeah. And so the restaurant, is, yeah, we were, it wasn't a commercial success. It was a bad business deal, um, restaurant at least. So we ended up closing the restaurant. Yeah. And um, in 1991, I was awarded Best New Chef Food and Wine Magazine. And Danny Meyer's chef um, at the time at Union Square Cafe um, he was awarded uh, Best New Chef at the same time. There was 10, 10 chefs every year. I remember that place. Right. That's still there, yeah, right? Yeah, still. Well, he moved recently, yeah. So I, I met Danny, and uh, the following year, I saw him again in Aspen and said, listen, I got to talk to you when I get back home. So I called him up. He said, what's up? I said, well, I, and he, I knew he was a fan of the restaurant. Yeah. And so I said, I'm closing the restaurant. We should do something together. And he's like, nah, I don't want to open a second restaurant. And a week later, he called me back and said, yeah, let's talk. Yeah. 
And I asked him, why did he call back? And he said, we had a mutual friend who was a, a, a wine distributor and had a wine company. And he, Danny said, hey, do you know Tom, right? He said, yeah. So he called me and wants to, wants to do something together. And he said, well, I'll put it to you this way. If Sandy Koufax called and said he wanted to play baseball for your team, <laughs> you'd probably say yes. <laughs> so we ended up traveling together before we, we decided to work together. We, we took a trip to Italy together. We figured if we could travel together, we could work together. Yeah, oh, really? You and yeah. this other chef? No, it wasn't a chef. No, he's a restaurateur. Oh, he's a restaurateur. He's yeah. a guy who opens restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And he had Union Square Cafe. Yes. So, you know, you go to Italy and what you, What do you do? You walk around and eat? We just travel around. Yeah, yeah. And he knew Italy really well, spoke Italian. And uh, his father had a travel business. So when he was a kid, he used to go to Italy quite often, Italy and France, and, and eat around. And, you know, just loved food. Wanted to be a chef, but decided it was, it was too hard and decided he wanted to work in the front of the house. And- uh, and uh, he's he's considered probably the best restaurateur in the country. Is um, that true still? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also started Shake Shack and oh, made a yeah. million dollars doing that. that was, so. And that's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. So so um, we, we took a trip together and ate around and just really talked about, we didn't really talk about what we, what we wanted to do. We talked about what we wanted out of our careers, yeah. out of our restaurants. Yeah. And the, the, that sort of led to Gramercy Tavern. Now, where was that? Because I think I've been there. Gramercy Tavern is on 20th um, between Park and Broadway. It's still there. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. I, and when did that open? 94, I think it was. And that was your restaurant? 96, yeah, he and I did it together, yeah. And and, and the approach was, you're going to go to the market? <laughs> well, the market was there. Well, yeah. you know, it was American food, but you know, sort of high- yeah, Oh, it, I know it was this Right place. down the street, and it was, it was more high concept, but we had this idea that we wanted to do something that was very comfortable, something that people understood, and this idea of a tavern always kind of, you know, we talked I've about- I've eaten there. I, didn't, I ate there not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked about this idea of, a, you know, a tavern being a place where you can get great food, but- um, you'd go there for various different reasons, whether to have a great meal or whether to just talk about, you know, the politics of the day or whatever it was. So the concept was sort of a watering hole. Yeah. Right. But with, with, with great, great food and great service. And is there riffs? Is that like, was that part of the sort of like elevating old standards yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. In a way. That well, yeah. that that became pretty popular, that whole idea. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hot rotting, boring shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, there was always that, and for me, it was it was taking the best of this French technique that I learned, taking this Italian sensibility that I had, and this also American sensibility, and yeah. fusing that all together and seeing what came out of that. What's an American sensibility? Uh, you know, hot rods, man. That's oh, okay, you know, that, right? You know, I, I know what you're saying. You know, gu- guitar, not, guitars, right? And, no, right. Fenders. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not Gibson's. a chef sensibility. Right. It's just American right, cultural right, sensibility. Right, 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 right. Whereas the Italian and the French were actually chef sensibilities. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. So so you stay with that for a while. So that's your first restaurant. That's a big deal, and it, it was a big deal, and you did good. Yeah, we, yeah. So yeah. you partnered up with that guy. Yeah. Because I, I don't understand. I don't know if I talked to Alex or Scott about this specifically. Maybe I did about that. You know what? That that's the road that you're on. If you can become a good enough chef to open up several restaurants, you you that's it. Right. That's a new model. But the old model used to be, you know, go back to, you know, the most iconic New York chef growing up when I was when I was coming up through it was yeah. Andre Saltner, who had Lutess. Uh-huh. He lived above the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. He was in the restaurant. If the restaurant was open, he was in the restaurant. Yeah. And that was the model. And it changed, and it kind of changed not in America. It changed in France when these, these three-star Michelin chefs started doing their brasseries and their bistros. They did, you know- so oh, they got their upscale restaurant. Right. And it's like, for you regular people that just no, want a sandwich? It wasn't, no, it wasn't even that. It was, oh. it was, it was a, a way to, 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 to capitalize on, on, on their notoriety, and, and they were able to, to, uh, to, to bring in other investors. You didn't want to do another three-star restaurant. It takes too much time and too much effort. Right. But let's do these other smaller restaurants yeah. where you can make the food great, but you don't have to- you know, spend millions yeah. of dollars creating atmosphere and, right. and you know, yeah, yeah. artwork and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was actually, let's bring, you know, better food to the masses. Sure. Right. Sure. 
So the uh, so the model changed from living above your restaurant right. to doing multiples to, to getting on a plane going to your restaurants. Yeah, there used to be uh, yeah there used to be a restaurant where I went to I think it was on Hudson in New York. Some old Italian guy owned it. He brought wine in from Jersey that he made, and it was I forget the name. Really? I, I wish I remembered things. Okay, because yeah. I would have told you. I you would I I just want to. I, like I was impressed with the guy, but he never. I, I was mad at him because I, I wasn't regular enough for him to got treat it, me. Got it. Got it. You know, there's that line yeah. you got to cross. Right. Right. Where you're right. like, I've been here. Why am I waiting uh, right, to? Right. Uh, hey, how are you, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. You got to go a few times. Right. 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 <laughs> you got to be regular, man. That's, that's what it's about. It is. Yeah. Sure. That's. Are you kidding? That's. That's what people like. My mother's boyfriend in Florida. That's what they live for. They don't even care if the restaurant's that good. If you can just be the guy that walks in, like, how are you, John? Hey, Come cheers, on. man. You want to go where everybody knows your name, right? It's true. That's right. Yeah. It's true. So you, uh, but you guys are aware of that. So you, yeah. when you're in a partnership with that guy, the restaurateur, what's his name again? Danny Meyer. Yeah. So that's part of it, right? You, 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 in your mind, you're like, who are our, who are the guys that are coming in every week? Who do we, you know, who are right. the families that are coming in every week? And you do that. You make the rounds, and you're like, how oh yeah, you? yeah. You're yeah. you're there all the time. You're you know, if you're working on a dish, and you know, you know a few people that you can try it out on. You test drive it on on a few people. Yeah. yeah. You know, you giving stuff away. You're being generous, and yeah. But I think I think that's that spirit of generosity is is. Um, I think what makes a restaurant work. I mean, you have yeah. to create regulars if right. you want to have a, 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 a successful restaurant. Right. So how do you do that? Right. Yeah. With good food, right? right. And hospitality. Yeah. Right. right. Saying hi. Being Saying known hi. first names. Yep. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Acting excited to see people. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> and I'm always terrible at that. I can't, I, I'm not that kind of guy to blow smoke up someone's ass. <laughs> no? It's just, nah, it's just not my style. Yeah, you're, too, yeah. you're sort of and intense. Probably because I can't stand it when it happens to me. Like when yeah. I, and I, that's why I try to keep a low profile if I go to a restaurant. Like I'm not that guy to, you know, have my assistant call up and make a big deal that I'm coming in. Yeah. I just want to kind of sneak in. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, all right. So you're doing, you're, you're sort of ahead of the curve on the farm to table idea in a way, but it seemed like a lot of people picked up on that, right? Yeah, I guess so. But, well, no, just because of like the, you know, like, cause I remember by the time I was in New York, well, I was there for a long time, but you know, chefs were going there. They were going right. to the market, but they still were able to find shit that was better than I could find. Or maybe they just knew what to do with it. I don't well, know. We're, we're, we had farmers. We we're regulars for the farmers. Yeah. That's, so you got to be regular with the farmer too. Yeah, they got the stuff. They save you a good stuff. Shit. Yeah, we get the stuff. I, mean, I, the, I would I would collect seeds and bring them to farmers and say, "Can you grow this for me?" Really? Yeah. Back then, yeah, and back then they would do it. Now it's like, now, what do you, now what I mean? grow my own shit. But where'd you collect the seeds? What do you mean you collect seeds? Yeah, you know, back when there were seeds and stuff. You know? Yeah, like <laughs> no, no, we you know if you go to Italy, you find like some kind of tomatoes you know, or something? or something like that. Toma yeah, a special tomato and you give them seeds and yeah, and they do sure. it for you. Yeah, and you had success in that. Yeah, sure, growing a special tomato. Yeah, and you grow your own shit now. Now I do. Yeah, where I'm a gardener. I I have a oh, house. for your house. Yeah, I I live in Brooklyn, but I have a house on uh, on North Fork on Long Island. Yeah, and I have a, a garden. And you do and like big. Uh, it's getting it's getting big. It's work. Do you, <laughs> but do you can and I do. Yeah. You, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are I you, pickle. I can. Yeah. For yourself? My my my, my wife calls me a, a depression era housewife. You know, at heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So pickling's fun. Yeah. Like, what do you pickle? Uh, well. There's cucumbers and then there's you know green tomatoes or beets. Uh, but th that's like there's a science to it, right? That's almost like chemistry, right? With yeah, I don't care. I, you know, I, there is a chemistry to it, and I'm not that focused on the uh -huh. chemistry. I know if it's high enough acid and you put it in the jar and you seal it properly, you're good. And has it worked out? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still here. Now, 
<laughs> Why do you think it was going to blow up? You're going to die in a pickling. No, everything, it's, no, it's, poison it's, yourself. Yeah, it all, it all, it all. So far, it's been good. Yeah, I now, make my, I draw my own tomatoes and the whole bit. What do yeah. you mean, draw your own tomatoes? What do you well, mean? I, oh, I jar them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I make sauce and jar it. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. So is, is this the next wave? Are we, the products coming? No, for me, no, not maybe. Well, not, 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 <laughs> not that I'm growing. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my backyard, anyway. Uh-huh. But um, no, I, 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 you know, I, I just for some reason, and I think, you know, my grandparents had um, both sets of grandparents yeah. gardened, and, and you know, small. My grandfather had used to garden in five gallon buckets, and it worked. And so uh, pickle things, you mean? Or yeah, that, mean yeah, 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 yeah. And and so I had this this property, it was about three acres and houses on it, and there was one great area to garden, and that was kind of in the back of the house. Yeah. And so finally, I just bit the bullet and put some boxes together and started gardening. And, and I just, I, there's, there's nothing like it for oh, me. And oh. It's just so relaxed. I get out there at six o'clock in the morning. It's relaxing. I can take my time. And you, what, what, what's cool about the garden is it starts to grow. You just start noticing things different every single day. You're like, oh, there's a little zucchini. And two days later, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's grown. How'd that happen? Yeah, how did that well, happen? I was, yeah, it's <laughs> last night that happened. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it almost looks like something you could have watched happen. Yeah, you, yeah. If I just gotten at the right time, I would have just yeah. seen this thing blow up. It's, it's just amazing. And so, there's something about just getting in the rhythm of of having things grow and knowing when it's time to weed and water and when it's time to yeah. you know uh, you know when when all of a sudden you're looking and go what is going on with my zucchini they looked great two days ago and now they're all wilting what's going on yeah and you crack open the stalk and there's a worm the size of your pinky sitting oh you're dealing with yeah. the bugs yeah dealing with the bugs yeah. yeah but then there's those days where it's like I got too many zucchinis. Well, I yeah, got too many tomatoes. yeah. Well, say I have a restaurant for that. I can always bring it to the oh, restaurant. And go there, you go. That's but perfect. But we we use most of it ourselves at home. Yeah, yeah. We do you know dinner parties and stuff. And oh, uh, yeah, see, that's so nice when you. So you do you cook for those? I cook right? at home. I cook at home a lot, especially in the summer. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you're saying your grandfather actually had a garden in a five gallon bucket? Yes. Out back? Yes. Or whatever? Yes. Like yeah. a tomato plant. He would what? actually put the yeah in a five gallon bucket. Yeah. And then at that point, it's like because I always look at people with gardens. I'm like, how, it looks like you're going to go through that in a day. Like yeah. you, or your kale came up, yeah. so that's one meal. That's one, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have I have kale that. So I I I um. Actually, it's it's another green called spigarella. It's an Italian green uh-huh. uh, related to broccoli, and I just decided to just cut it all down the other day, and I had to blanch it all, yeah. and and then put it in bags and freeze it because there's no way I can eat it all. Yeah, you can blanch and freeze. Blanch and freeze, yeah. That green anyway, it's really hearty. So yeah. Oh, so it's, it's not, not like going to get all mushy. No, not at all. No, it hold up. Oh, yeah. see, in look fact, at that. after 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 you take it out of the freezer, you probably still have to cook it. Yeah, because I got two bunches of raw the other day, and I blanched them, and I sautéed them with garlic and red pepper, and then the pressure was on. I got to eat yeah. that shit. Eat, but now that also, you can blanch that, and freeze that too, and it's fine. Right, well, because it's hearty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like broccoli raw. Yeah. Is it seasonal though? It seems. Yeah. There's a season. Th- there's a season for everything. It's, I know, but you think you think that they you know, they get things from all over that those seasons are over. Yeah, but that stuff doesn't grow when it's too hot. Right. So, oh, the rob doesn't. That's what yeah, the deal is. Needs, so it's it more needs, of a it, fall. It likes to be a little cooler. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now tell me how like where so you get done with with the Gramercy Tavern and how do you, how do you leave something like that? Because like this is a, this is the question. Like there are restaurants that you used to go, that I'd go to and I'm like, what happened? Well, the chef left. Yeah. The menu's still there, but the heart of the thing's gone. Yeah, you know, so what happened was um, Danny and I, you know, we he uh, opened a few other restaurants and created this his his group, and I restaurant group. yeah, and and I I was I was keen to co- you know continue to work with Danny, but I wasn't happy with some of his partners that he brought in, oh. and so I opened up a second restaurant called Craft, and so 
we decided to work together the best we could. Um, Gramercy was a jointly owned uh, restaurant, and then he was going to do his thing. I was going to do my thing. And at a certain point, it just wasn't working out. And I actually worked out a deal where I was buying the restaurant from him. And then last second, I said, you know what? Here's my you know, number. And, Gramercy. And, yeah, and so I sold my shares. Um, and and he, he went all craft. I went all craft, yeah. What year was that? Because I can sort of remember that happening. Um, because because then like you know the craft thing that as a brand it was it was popping up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we had craft craft bar and then witchcraft yeah. and then craft steak in Vegas and then we did a craft in L.A. So yeah, we 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 did we kind of stumbled into the brand. Yeah. Well, what was the angle on that? Like, see, because this is so this is your big vision. The Gramercy was a collective vision with Danny, right? Is that his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the, here's the thing. So when I was at when I was at Gramercy, I had the you know, food that I was doing, and it was all plated and and you know somewhat intricate and and during that time, plated. So you the, mean like like uh, fancy uh, liquid? And yeah, know, yeah. It looked you know like you're, you're Bobby flaying it a bit. No, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But uh, it was it was. But it was when I say plated, you you got and, and this is important because of what craft was. Yeah. So, um, and there was you know five things on a plate. So yeah. Okay. And um, so then craft, you know, I, it was right around the corner from Gramercy. So I couldn't do the same food I was doing there. Yeah. And I didn't have a Thai restaurant in me or something like that. And so I was looking at where I thought the industry was going. And there was so much talk about farmers using farmers. So I said, okay, let's really honor these ingredients. And yeah. so if, if you want broccoli, Rob, can you get a plate of broccoli, Rob? Yeah. Not, not, not broccoli, Rob, with veal or broccoli. Just broccoli, Rob. Yeah. For me, it was peas. Yeah. You know, when peas are in peas. season and they're great and they're, you know, sweet yeah. and delicious, you know, you may have them on three different menu items. Right. Well, they come in one day and they're starchy. What do you do? Yeah. You change all three items, most likely you just kind of go with the starchy peas. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? When peas are in season, I want a bowl of peas. Yeah. I want, or morels. I want a bowl of morels. Yeah. You know, just simply roast it and that's it. Yeah. You can't get that. There are garnishes everywhere. Ah. So then I said, okay. How about we do a restaurant where if it's fish, it's simply roast it, olive oil, some fresh herb, done. Yeah. No garnish. Right. The garnish, so everything is a la carte. So if you want your fish and then you want those peas and morels, you order that way. Right. And that's how, and the idea was that this restaurant was more about the craft of cooking, less about the artistry of cooking. Oh, okay. And we really wanted to honor those single ingredients and that's how it started. Sort of like you got to do a kind of family style with the, mm -hmm. right? Like you're yeah. going to get a big Well, that was it too. Mushrooms. So that was, that's what I was saying. So instead of plated, it was family style. Yeah. Right. And you, you kind of moved the stuff around and everything seemed like it kind of charred yeah. in a good way. In a good way. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're, no, 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 it was not. Who was burning yeah, was, the food that night? <laughs> no, but it seemed like that that was part of the angle, yeah. that you know, the roasting business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like everything just, it's all simple though. Yeah, very simple. Yeah, and well, I like that. Yeah. And so how many, so where's the empire at now? Uh, you know, we're. How do you determine this stuff? What, so craft, because <laughs> I'm looking at the, at the, at the list of stuff you have. Are you on a website? No, I'm just on oh. the. I'm just on the. I'm just looking at the list on Wiki. Oh, on Wiki. Oh God, that's probably not up to date. Um, well, no, they, it's funny they don't take things off; they just cross them out. <laughs> yeah, 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 closed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. closed, <laughs> closed. Great. Uh, but yeah, but we, it, we closed a few restaurants recently. You know, the real real estate in New York's tight these days, and so the landlords are charging crazy rents. And you know, when your time is up, and you know, they want to charge sixty thousand dollars for a, a month. you know, yeah, a month for a forty seat you know, for a hundred and twenty seat restaurant, it's time to leave. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It yeah. seems like a lot of the restaurants are gone that used to be yeah. in New York. Yeah. So they're all closing because of rent or the yeah. other or, or right. other stuff. Right. So how do you determine what do you what do you make of that though? Like, it, it's is it hard to close a restaurant when it's just in the sense that 
do food trends change? Like, do do good well, restaurants survive forever? Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah. Until, until the rent knocks you out. But you know, wh- wh- you know what? I mean, yeah, it sucks when you have to walk into a restaurant and tell you know sixty people that they're losing their job. Right. Of course. That's of course. That's what sucks. Right. Uh, but it's know, not usually the food that's doing. No, it. no, no. Nowadays it's rent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the restaurant was busy, but at that point we would have. Which you know, one? Based on, it was called Craft Bar, and based on the numbers that we were doing. If we had to pay that kind of rent, we'd have lost money. Yeah, it's, it's, at that point, it doesn't make sense. So, what about some of these other places? What, like, what's Fowl and Wells? Well, Fowl and Wells just changed. We changed the name Fowler to Temple Court. Wells. That was a yeah. We just changed the name. That restaurant opened uh, about eight months ago. It's in the Beekman Hotel, uh-huh. and uh, as it turns out, Fowler and Wells. Uh, they were two publishers that worked in the building. Was built in eighteen thirty-five, yeah. and so these two. We, we named the restaurant for these two guys that you know worked there. We kind of did a little history yeah. research. And they, they were publishers, and they published published uh, journals of psychology and a few other things too. But they were also phrenologists. Uh huh. And um, feel the head for the problems. Uh, yeah, something like that. But uh, you know, there was also phrenology was used for a lot of different things. It was also used to try to prove that the Africans Africans sure. were a separate race. Yeah. And so I I knew that, but it was this debunked pseudoscience, and I figured, you know, what the hell. I knew it was also used by abolitionists to prove the opposite, and black writers of the day used to prove the opposite, but as it turns out, the Fowler of the Fowler and Wells was the guy. Yeah. So we had to change the name of the restaurant. You got flack? We we, we got in a review from the New York Times, they kind of- Said, it's a little insensitive. A little insensitive, (laughs) and I, you know, the following day, decided to change the restaurant. It took about eight months to come up with a new name and- yeah, work change. and so what's the menu it's there? It's called Temple Court. Temple well, Court. Well, that, that's a restaurant where we were, where I went back to, at least when I started cooking, um, where food was more based on sauces, you know, stocks and sauces uh, versus uh, vinaigrettes and things like that. Uh-huh. Got rid of the microgreens, got rid of the swooshes, and you know, and it's 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 a little more basic, um, where it's sauce, garnish. Meat, fish, whatever. Yeah, um, and then also we reworked a lot of the classics. So lobster thermidor we reworked, and oysters Rockefeller and things like that. Oh yeah, how do you rework oysters Rockefeller? You take rework it out of the sh- you take it out of the shell. Number one. Yeah, uh, we use water- what is we that, use- spinach. Well, we use watercress instead of spinach. Um, lightened up the sauce and got rid of the cheese. Huh. Um, so it's just a lo- a lighter version. Watercress is good. Yeah, and same thing with. Uh, with the lobster thermidor, we just kind of, you know, the sauce doesn't have cream in it. Um, yeah. We lightened it up. Um, How's it going? It's going great. Yeah? Yeah, it's going really well. Wait, so th- you've got a, you've got two restaurants in Vegas? Yeah. There's Heritage Steak and Craft Steak, yeah. And they're both you? Yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the difference? Uh, Not a whole lot. Yeah? Yeah. What is it a about? Bit. What, 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 how do you treat steaks? What's your angle on steaks? Uh, simple salt, pepper, just roast them up and that's it. Yeah. Do you, buy do, good meat. That's it. You got to buy good meat. Double Porterhouse. Double Porterhouse is great. You got to buy good meat. You know, you used to have a good Double Porterhouse. There's another place that closed down the meatpacking. Marcelleria. Uh huh. Sure. That closed it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah. Right. See, I I moved out two years ago, so I don't I I don't. Oh you know, yeah. yeah. They did the they did the rob. Yeah. 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 And just a Double Porterhouse. Mm-hmm. The best. Yeah. It's good stuff. So just buy good meat. High buy good heat. Meat. Um, high to start and then turn it down. Right. Yeah. I always say high heat's not your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you what do you make of the what do you think about the classic steak? Do you ever go to Luger's? I haven't been in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, very specific, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I like it, but yeah. I, I haven't been in a long time. No, of course not. But yeah. like, is it? Do Do you respect it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah well, I mean, why not? They've been there for a hundred years. You have it's to butter, right? Butter has butter plays a big part in that. Yeah. They get they get great meat. Butter plays a, a big role. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I like the fact that they do one thing. Yeah. Warehouse. That's it. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's, and to get away with that, you know, it's good. And what about the nature? Is it like uh, we'll get to TV in a second? But like, because you're out here for the Emmys, right? Yeah, I are am. you are you nominated? Yeah, yeah, we're nominated for what? Yeah. Best reality show. Oh, for yeah, Top it's Chef. A prime, yeah, it's a primetime nomination. It's yeah. been on forever now. Fifteen seasons. It's a lot. Yeah. Fifteen seasons of you <laughs> tasting things and hurting people's feelings. Well, a little bit. We also, you know, we launched a lot of careers too. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just uh, but but yeah, fifteen seasons. So, but was oh, what about the competitive? You guys got to be competitive, chefs. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now. Yes. There's there is competition, but it's friendly competition. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, but you like, but you never like sit around and go like, ah, oh, Jeff Zakarian's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, no. He's wearing his bow tie. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, that's his thing. It's fine. You know, he's a but, good guy. No, he is. He seems yeah. like a good guy. Yeah. I, but I did eat at his restaurant in Florida when I was I was on a, a real uh, chopped craze. So I was I was I would go to you know what I mean. I, 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 okay. No, I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was teaching me how to cook. Okay. In a way. In a way. Yeah. Uh, but but I liked it and I liked the personalities and I went to his restaurant in Florida and I was like, isn't that good? Yeah. I didn't have a good meal, and then I'm like, I gotta go to the one in New York. Yeah. I never did, but but like, who were the who who is your generation? Is it like Bobby? And no, Steve? no, I'm a little older than Bobby. My generation, really? um, yeah, my generation was Alfred Portale. He's a little older than I am. Uh, Thomas Keller, um, Daniel Ballou, Um Daniel's your generation. Yeah, yeah, he's slightly older than I am, but I was because uh, I was I kind of made it. You know, that when I was 26, I was pretty young. Yeah, so. Uh, so yeah, I mean Bobby's younger than I am. Um, Je- Jeffrey's my age. Jeffrey's a Carrion. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, he, and you guys knew each other coming up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, working in New York, um, you we kind of all yeah know who you know you sniff around. You, you sure we know who everybody is. Yeah. And do you compliment each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you like he has a good job on that. Like you taste each other's shit because yeah, I mean, like that's the one thing that those kind of shows. I don't know. I'm, does Top Chef do it? Well, you do do it. Where well, you're sitting there with chefs and you're tasting shit. Yeah. And you can appreciate things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's nice, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think that, I mean, I appreciate everybody. There's there's a lot of people doing great stuff that you'd never hear of. Yeah. Uh, chefs like, uh, you know, Jonathan Benno, Marco Canora. These are, you know, chefs doing great food in New York, and, yeah. but they're not on TV. Right. And so there's a lot of, 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 you know, people that are just doing amazing stuff that you just don't, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't hear of. And, and uh so yeah, but there's there's a respect that we all have. All right. You know, there, I don't. You know, there's not a whole lot of sniping. Some stuff on. You know, sometimes you walk in. The problem right now is with things have changed. You know, yeah. it used to be when we were coming up, there were gatekeepers and certain people, mostly magazine editors and things like that, and, and writers who you didn't hang out with. Um, and if they decided that they liked you uh, and that you were doing some great stuff, yeah, they'd write about you. Yeah, and so. You got buzz, and it was it was worthwhile. There was a handful of and people. Nowadays, buzz is generated for a lot of different reasons, and yeah. so a lot of times you go into a restaurant and you hear this amazing buzz, and it's like you go there and go, "Really, this is it?" Right. Not that it's bad, but this is what everybody's going crazy about. Yeah. All right. Like I can't. St- you know, decide. you're gonna go there. Your mind's gonna be blown. You go there and go. Now my mind's not blown. It's good, but my I'm, I'm sorry, but it's oh, food. So, so. It's just food. I think that's what I think. Maybe after a while, you're so jaded, and you go, 
it's just food. You know, no, I don't know if that's it. true. I think I think the point is is that people can generate buzz that is not solely based on the the critical palate of, of somebody you respect. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know those guys yeah. are gone, really. But I think it's just it's just that we need someone. The internet needs someone to talk about and someone to you know that's going right. to be hot for the next three months. Right. Or yeah. Right. And that's it. That's it. But but you're 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 tr- it's true that cultural criticism on all levels. You, yeah. you know whether it be food or. You know, uh, painting. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know so much about painting, but but uh, but just uh, you know, film. Yeah, that it's just diminishing. As a, there's no the standard bearers are are kind of gone. Right, right. And there's all user generated reviews now. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's it. That's yeah. It's just it's. I guess it's more democratic. But you know, what do the people know? <laughs> Wait, you, know, you need a few snobs. You do need a few. <laughs> just a few. Yeah. Not a lot of few. Yeah, just a few uh, yeah. respectable snobs yeah. to determine the, uh-huh. the... Yeah. So so the TV thing, so that feeds everything else. How many... Do you know how many restaurants you have open right now? Yeah. We have uh, eight restaurants. Okay. And those are ones that you that are your your thing? Yeah. Mine are, are licensing deals of the hotels and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have a licensing deal, like is is that a deal at the MGM? Is that a licensing mm-hmm. deal? But you, show, what what is your responsibility? Then? Well, we design the restaurant. Yeah, we design the kitchen. We put the menu in. Uh, it's 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 my food. It's my management style. But yeah. they they build it and they own it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you got to check in occasionally, make yeah, yeah, an appearance. Yeah, yeah. 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 Say hi I mean, more guys. so when we first opened up. Right. I, mean, I was there. When we first opened up, I was there for you know pretty much three months straight through. But like, are you in contact with the chef? Oh there? yeah, sure. Oh okay, sure. Does he have problems? Like, is there problems? Sort of like uh, no. The guy, that, the chef there is funny. This, um, Michael, he um, he was our first grill cook. And when, I remember the, remember the first day I looked and said, "This guy's going to last about two weeks." Your first grill cook where at 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 the restaurant when okay. we first opened up. Yeah. And so this was uh, twelve years ago. Yeah. And I really said, "This guy's going to last two weeks." Yeah. He's a chef now. Yeah. <laughs> And he he's, he's fantastic. Oh, that's yeah. great. He's just you know he's just one of these guys. He's kind of quiet. That you know always did his job and yeah. Yeah, you know, I never said much, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell whether he was excited about cooking because he was just kind of quiet. Yeah, and uh, he's just, just fantastic. And yeah. do, how is Vegas as a market now? Still it's great. good. It's, it's great. St- yeah, yeah it holds we're, up. we're back to uh, you know pre uh, uh, recession levels. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're finally back there. Yeah. So the economy's good, yeah. despite what we're being told. The economy's good. I mean, yeah. the rest of the world's going to shit, but the economy's good. The economy's great. Well, that's the other thing. Like, you were in New York for so many years. You must have dealt with Trump when he was a uh, just a character. Yeah, he wasn't a foodie. I kn- I always knew who he was. And oh, he I, never I, came I would to the call- restaurant? No, he wasn't a food guy. I would get calls every now and then from his organization saying, we're doing a project and we'd love you to come there. And I would say, you're building a restaurant, right? Oh, no, no, we're the best. You gotta, you're going to come not. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> we're the best. What we're, the, the, we're the best. We're, you kidding me? This would be the greatest hotel in the world, and you got to yeah. come, and you, you should be you should be honored to, to open a restaurant and spend money in our place. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, it's I don't know relentlessly scary. I, I see you're engaged with it. Um, yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> but it's it's the righteous thing to do. You got to push back. But like, okay, so the TV show, like uh, that's been good for you. Yeah. And uh, okay, oh, here's a question. You've, you've, okay, you've started a lot of careers. You like the people you work with. Are you, are you, produce, are you a producer on yeah. it? You, you are at this point. Yeah. What is it about the cooking an egg? <laughs> like, that's that's like, kind of open-ended. What about cooking an but egg? But I mean, it's like, you know, there's it's all this talk about the perfect egg. Yeah, because it's hard to cook. Really? It's, yes it? and no. Yes and no. It's, it's, it, it can be. Um, they did it on one of the other shows. They do yeah, Iron Chef or what? Yeah. Well, what's the guy, Michael? What's the guy from Cleveland? Simon Michael Simon. He's yeah. he's good chef. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his sous chef has a great fucking restaurant, right next to his. 
It's uh, called the Green. Oh, what the hell is it called? Green ta- Greenhouse Tavern. Y- yeah. There you go, Jonathan Sawyer. Jonathan Sawyer, of course. Jonathan's a great guy. Jonathan actually, um, he's he's uh, really supportive. I I have a, a organization like co-founder called uh, Food Policy Action. Yeah. And we are routinely up, uh, you know, in DC on the Hill, meeting with representatives, you know, trying to push. Uh, this idea of better food. Oh, so really? We, we fight the fight for for you know people that are hungry in this country, uh, for better farming practices, more you know transparency in the food system, and uh, Jonathan's one of the guys who actually comes and works with me up on up on the hill. Yeah. So you, you spend that? I didn't realize that yeah. you spend a lot of time in Washington doing uh, that. Uh, more than I want to. Yeah. Uh, and and what does that entail? Um, we're 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 a, a C four. Uh-huh. Uh, we're kind of, a, I'm an unpaid, unregistered lobbyist, yeah. uh, and we don't have clients. Right. And so we just go and, and uh, meet with, uh, you know, house members or staff, you know, our other staff. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, usually around farm bill or school lunch or, um, uh, you know, we, we were heavily involved in, in labeling. Uh-huh. Um, not that I'm anti-GMO, but I'm pro-labeling. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, very active around school lunch, trying to get more money for school lunch, higher quality food for school lunch. Um uh, working really hard on on hung- my 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 wife is a filmmaker and she she uh, directed co-directed a, a documentary called A Place at the Table that came out about four years ago five years ago and it's about hunger in this country okay. and that gave us a real gave me a real platform to 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 sort of go and go and talk to representatives about about uh, making sure that we. We have a ro- you know robust nutrition programs in this, in this country. And have so, you engaged yeah. since this president? Yeah, the problem right now is you go there and you'll meet with with staff members and stuff, but there's no one. So, for instance, I was uh, you know this was confirmed just two days ago. I was with uh, Secretary Vilsack, who was the head of the USDA, and and uh, Sonny Perdue, who's now the head of the USDA. Yeah. There's no one under him. They haven't appointed anybody, uh-huh. so there's no one to talk to. So there's no one writing policy right now. So it's it's just bizarre. There's just the government's just not functioning because no one's there. And that, those are jobs that he needs to fill, the yeah, president. Yeah, And so what ha- what happens is usually when you're running and you're, you know, you, you win a nomination, um, I'm reading Hillary's book right now, and, you know, for months yeah. they were saying, who's going to fill these positions? Because they knew how many positions, it was like 500 plus positions. But they're doing it on fill. purpose. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or they just didn't think about it because they, they didn't think they were going to win. Yeah. So there was just like, and he, just, he doesn't, he's not someone who knows how to govern, doesn't know how government yeah. works. And so there was never a thought of, you know, I mean, the one it was, it was really interesting. Jared Kushner, when he was you know taking a, a, a walk through, um, asked, well, "How many of these people are staying?" Yeah, and he right, and said, right. none of them. Yeah, you, you didn't just take House. over a company. Yeah, <laughs> you know these people are all gone. Yeah, you've got to fill these roles. I wonder, yeah, you know, how much of it is on purpose to to hobble yeah. the government, and how much of it is. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. so. You so there's literally no one to go address issues with. There's no one to talk to right now. That's no. bizarre. Yeah. So you could talk to the members of Congress, and they're involved in, in writing policy as well. Yeah. But there's it's. No policy coming out. Nothing of coming these, out. There's no, the that's, and that's the good thing, though, because there's nothing happening. <laughs> they can't get anything done because there's no one to actually write policy. So that's fine. All right, as long as yes, right, it's not getting worse. <laughs> right, right. In that particular right. one area, it's getting worse. I think there's there's a lot of stuff going on um, with, the, with the EPA. EPA that, that sure, I actually yeah. think they should they should start calling the the IEPA, yeah. uh, the Industrial Environment Protection Agency, because that's yeah. the only environment. Well, the environment. Well, it's the only it's the only it's the only environment that protection is industry. Yeah, it's, it certainly isn't the environment. That's it's not the Earth's environment. That's for sure. Yeah. Back to the egg. So, Back to the like, egg. I just saw—I don't remember what show it was on, but why is it so important that there's this I- this idea about the egg? You know, a lot a lot of chefs, especially the old school French chefs, said that's like you know Andre Saltner. Going back to Andre Saltner, when you want if you were cooking one of the job in his kitchen, he would say, "Okay, make an omelet." Yeah. And there's a way to make a French omelet. Yeah. And then there's two kinds of omelets. There's a there's a country omelet and a, a classic omelet. 
And how are you at those? I, I, I can, yeah, I could do them. I can handle that. But you know, a, a classic omelet doesn't have any color on it. Uh-huh. It's it's but it's all cooked and fluffy and, and yeah. Um, you know, it's all about timing and about how knowing how to do it. And a lot of people are just never trained to do it properly. So you tell, you know, 15 contestants that come in, like, make an omelet, and yeah. most of them will screw it up. The way, a basic omelet means no color involved. No, it's not brown. Yeah. You, because that toughens the egg. Yeah. And so it's it's just this beautiful, you know, yellow yeah. mass of, of yeah. eggs that are perfectly, Nothing know, in it? No. Yeah. Usually, typically, it's not. Typically, yeah. it's just maybe some fr- fresh herbs, and that's it. Yeah. It's not. The, I mean, the American omelet's more of a stuffed omelet. Yeah. yeah. And then there, what's the other kind? There's a French country. There's a classic, and then what's a country. the country? The country omelet has, uh, it, it's, it, there is a little color on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so anyway. That. But that's it. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> my, my son, my my, six, my eight-year-old the other day, yeah. we were at, we, have, we have chickens out and, and, and run around, too. Yeah. And he, Dad, I got to learn how to cook an egg. So I, t- I taught him how to cook an egg, and, and he said, I need another one. And yeah, so four eggs, because he wanted to cook them, which yeah. is fine. But, yeah. So he wants to, eight-year-old wants to did learn he, how to cook an egg. But did he, was he coming at it in the same way I was, or he just wants to learn how to cook an he egg? He wants to learn how to cook, or, cook an egg. Oh, he does I think it's just like- You didn't- Like, I know if I asked Bring him through the omelets. No, no, it was like, if, no, it was fried, he liked them over easy, so, yeah, yeah, so okay. we did that. Oh, yeah. good, good, yeah. good. You didn't yeah. break them? He, he broke a few. <laughs> you got to break a few. You got to break a few, yeah. So now is the show coming back? Yeah, yeah. We, uh- we shoot usually May through June, and uh, we're in uh, Colorado this season. And uh, why Colorado? Uh, we try to go to different locations every every season, and mm-hmm. uh, we hadn't been to Colorado, and and uh, um, so yeah, so it's it's we're in Denver, Telluride, and Aspen. Okay, and uh, yeah, it should be a good. It's season. A big foodie culture. In, yeah, it is in yeah. Aspen, probably yeah, right, yeah. and De- and Denver. Denver's actually. Come a long way. There's some great restaurants there now. Oh, really? Yeah. I got to go. Yeah, there's a place called Mercantile that I liked a lot. Well, by the time I guess we put this up, Mercantile. Okay. Yeah. By the time we put this up, uh, you'll will, will have won or will have lost. Uh, but, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm practiced just, you know, just happy to be not. We, this is our 11th nomination. We won, won one. We won one. But you're happy that you come out and you it's, see everybody. You know, it's not my industry. So, and, and you know, what I find really interesting is that, you know, there's a, a whole group of Hollywood type people who love the show. Yeah. And I'm always just shocked at who. Oh yeah, know, who comes up? Who to comes you? up? And says, oh it's my great. god, I love the show. It's like really? Yeah. You watch this? It's great. Like, Leave Shriver. You really watch this? It's great. And he's like, yeah, I really watch it. Yeah. It's great. And so, you know, it's it's pretty cool. I get yeah. that too with this show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. I'm always sort of like, what? You're listening to it? Yeah. Like on your yeah. way to work? Yeah. yeah. So no, it's it's a blast because I don't consider myself part of the industry. Yeah. And yet I am, and sure. part of the Hollywood industry. Yeah. And so it's 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 kind of cool. Yeah, and do you drop by the restaurant? Or you did last night? You did. Yeah, I was there thing. last night. And tonight we're doing a charity event on the beach, and so I'll, I'll probably go and hang out with my guys and do that. But you got yeah. you're cooking on the beach for charity? Yeah, yeah. It seems like an ordeal. It's like one of those walk around events. Nah, we have it figured oh. out. Yeah, we have a station and people walk around and we're, we're doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, great talking to you, man. Yeah. Good luck tonight. Yeah, thanks. Good guy, solid dude. So I'm gonna. Going to plug my gold top directly in to the champ with the Wawa pedal again. Because I enjoyed it. And you can listen or you can't, or don't. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm going to play. I'm going to fucking play. Thank <laughs> you.
Boomer lives.